your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. You're going to get sick of this song. <laughs> All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse, political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski in here with his cowboy theme. He rides in on his... Uh, well, I don't know what you're riding on. <laughs> <laughs> My sedan. Probably some EV. <laughs> A lefty professor, lefty professor driving an EV. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll just tell you a bit. I just woke up because I just took a nap. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I did take a nap today after Hayes' show this morning. But I wanna, I got a, I got a couple of things I want to talk about. But before we do that, for those are watching on Facebook Live, we'll see this. Also, you have a baby how many months away? Five months away. What is, what is this? <laughs> and this was all, this was all Hayes, right? This is all Mike Hayes at Fanati's this morning. <laughs> if, you, if you hear the crinkle, those are bags of chocolate. Chocolate. Covered Oreos. Double stuffed Oreos. Oh, double stuffed. Look at him. Lacrosse River Rocks. Yeah, not literally. I think you can eat those. The edible. Yeah, edible River Rocks. I, I mean, I hope they're edible. Those, those come from the south side, I think. Those <laughs> those River Rocks. I mean, Im- imagine the great joke. No, the, the great joke it would be if Fanati's sold actual rocks. Well, you know, <laughs> and you don't want to eat the River Rocks on French Island right now. <laughs> right. Just so you know. Sorry, people from French Island making the, Joke. It's a girl. Yeah, and a, and a, like a candy Chocolate cigar, cigar. Yeah. or maybe a real cigar. Just don't let Bree smoke it till no. she has a. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how many months? I, I was uh, four months. Bree is four months pregnant. Okay, so we're we're gonna do this for five more months, people. Hey, and I liked Mike's suggestion or the texter's suggestion of Michaela, but Bree did not. Michaela, yeah, right. I thought it was a fine name. It like, would be a, to honor a, Mike Hayes. It's a great name until you <laughs> affiliate it with Mike Hayes, and then. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and then you know we'll get to this at the end of the show. The 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 cravings. Do you did you do this this week? Because last week was lackluster. Yeah, I I have. Don't and spoil it. I have. And by the way, Rick, I've figured out a clever way to use the cravings to my own advantage. Oh, perfect. Well, we'll get to that at the end of the show. What a husband does when his wife is four months pregnant or just pregnant and craving stuff. Right. Uh, you know, this is something that a lot of people can, you know, relate to. These are sure. things that we should be talking about. Um, so let's get into this anime video about killing <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Let's do it. No, I'm just kidding. We will. We, I, I do want to talk about this, though, because they they censured. I put it in the wrong. They censured Representative Paul Gosar for creating an anime video of killing a fellow... If you created an anime video and killed Tim Dale, who I had on <laughs> yesterday, let's say you and Tim don't like each other because you're like you're dueling, you're dueling political science professors at UWL. So maybe you don't like maybe you don't like each other. I doubt that's the case. We but love each other. If you created some sort of video and killed Tim Dale, what would happen? You the, put it on Twitter. That would be a conversation with my superiors and perhaps losing my job. Should I text Joe Gao and just ask no. him right now? No. Is Joe Gao political? Would he know what we're talking about if I said, hey, Joe, if uh, 
Chagoski created a, what he go? Oh yeah, that, I know about that anime story. Joe is very well informed, okay. but I don't. I think Joe Gao might have other things on his plate right now instead of dealing with political scientists making hypothetical anime videos attacking each other. Really, I just feel, I feel <laughs> like it'd be a text back. Be, I mean, honestly, like would would they would they maybe laugh it off? I, a- I, I have no idea. I, it was a stupid video. Just like really low budget, really corny. Attack on Titan's a good anime show, though. You, I would recommend. Hulu has it dubbed, not sub, but dubbed, so you can listen to it in English. It's hard to read that stuff. I did read it. Maybe I just didn't understand it correctly because I'm not at all into anime. Like, I was into anime in the Pokemon era during the 90s, and that's the last I know of anime. So when you censure a congressman... Essentially, are you just putting them in the corner or are you grounding them? It's basically you're going to sit in the corner and look at the wall for a while. What can they can what can, what do they lose by being censured? Do you know? Well, they go down in history as being one of the few members of the House of Representatives to be censured. Clearly, we don't care about that anymore. No, well, it's... <laughs> it's 36 years, right? It hasn't been done in 30-some years? That's right. Yep. You can be expelled from the House of Representatives, and one notch below that in terms of punishment is censure. And we haven't done that in 30... Why would I remember 30... Of all the things that I forget and remember, <laughs> I mean, I'll forget what you said four seconds ago with Bree and four months pregnant, maybe because I was looking at candy. But I will remember some stat, 36 years is the last time we said, I'm not even reading about this stuff that much because I just, like, it's it's over there. We probably shouldn't. But I want to talk, but I am interested in being censured in general. It rarely happens. It has only happened a handful of times so it's the in the history worst of Congress. Punishment, uh, it's the worst punishment without getting kicked out of Congress? Yes. How, how tough would it be to get kicked out of Congress? Would you need Congress to vote like a 60% majority or something? Uh, it, it just takes a simple majority, but you, you would have to do something really, really bad. A, f- a, a, a simple majority, so 51% essentially? Yeah, and, and, and you know, Rick, I, the thing is most things can be done in the House of Representatives by a simple majority, but it's just that there's norms that you it would be really save dangerous. things for. Yeah, you you save things for the most serious offenses because you don't want to create the precedent that we'll just kick people out we for would, any reason. We would never have any congressmen left. Exactly. Like there has to be respect for the voters to some extent like they're sending these people to washington so you probably should have a really good reason if you're going to remove them from the house of representatives however there can be a notch below that like we've been talking about with censure and also rick it went along with removing Paul Gosar from his committees. So that reduces his lawmaking power. It reduces his influence within Congress. And that is a real punishment to take people off of committees. So I think in many ways that might be the most severe punishment. Well, what happened immediately after he was censured is he he posted a picture of the anime video, which with all like Republicans and Democrats in the House and whatever, like Biden and Pelosi are in there. Uh, with their heads like pasted on the same anime show called Attack on Titan. He posted a picture, and nobody's killing each other, but they're going to war. And the Democrats in the picture are the uh, like giant zombie-like human. They eat humans in this anime show. So these gigantic giants, like Jolly Green Giant type people, but they're, they eat people. So there's this, there's this QAnon aspect to it that I don't know. 
that's that's undertow. Well, Gosar is really into those conspiracy theories. He has been involved with white nationalists, so it's almost unbelievable that this crazy video is what got him censured. I do need to fact check myself. It's a two thirds majority that gets someone expelled. Okay, that but makes it sense. but it is just a simple majority that gets someone censured. Only five members of the House of Representatives have been expelled in history. And uh, a handful have been censured. Uh, most recently, it was Charles Rangel, a Democrat congressman from New York, who did all kinds of sketchy tax stuff and, you know, was maybe not super complete with his financial disclosure reporting or his paying of taxes. Stuff that actually should get you booted <laughs> exactly. from Congress. I mean, honestly, like if you shared a video of Tim getting killed in an anime and when you put the heads over to- the top of people, it's really stupid. You see these videos all the time in social media. I feel like the, the university would ignore it because if you ignore it, nobody's going to see it. How many people follow you on Twitter? Like 500? Yeah, something like that. I, it, it's like, it, this is the Gosar is the 25th member of Con- of the House to ever get censured. So it doesn't happen every day. It's a serious consequence, but... You know, I, it's it's also an incredibly weird situation. Imagine trying well, to explain to the founding fathers how that like <laughs> it's a video. Yeah, we're we're gonna. It, so in 230 years from now, there's gonna be an anime video where this member of Congress puts his head over an anime creature and puts another member of Congress's head over another anime creature and stabs this anime creature, and it's a video and. Oh, we need to explain to you what a video is and what anime is. Flip books back then. That's a good question. They probably had cartoon flip books where you flip the. Maybe we could use that to explain. I guess you know while you're fact checking, do the birth of cartoons with flip books (laughs) because you know our founding fathers might have had those because then you could actually do this in a way and then they would understand. It's going to be tough to bring them back from the dead though. All right, we got to take a break. I think I'm doing the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the semi-charmed life here in the Cross Talk PM. Seismonic and Dr. Anthony Tregoski of UW Lacrosse, not not accomplishing anything except learning about what censured means because it hasn't been, <laughs> hasn't ever has hardly ever been done. Yeah, and uh, as we we we're gonna we're, let's work on a video and get Tim's head in there. <laughs> Just we'll kill him somehow. Uh, what do you want to do, like an Always Sunny video, or do you want to go anime route? Do you want to do something original? Do you have a favorite TV show? that You like a crime law and order type shows, right? I, I, I do. Maybe we could do something from like The Wire or The Sopranos, maybe. If you really want to get the tension, you could do this, and then I'll write a story about it, but let's do it with Joe Gao. <laughs> I enjoy being employed. <laughs> um, all right, so the social infrastructure bill that... Yep. The, the, the House passed this. We always say Congress, but the House passed this. Congress didn't pass it because Congress would entail both the House and the Senate, right? Yeah, absolutely. This still has to go to the Senate, but it is a major step in the Democrats pursuing President Biden's legislative agenda. They passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Then they today in the House of Representatives passed the Build Back Better bill, which has a lot of stuff involved with it, like social infrastructure or so-called social infrastructure as opposed to the physical infrastructure. So things like pre-K, things like the child tax credit, things like 
paid leave. It's a big deal for the Democrats. It does have to go through the Senate. Does the other bill have to go through the Senate, too? So the infrastructure bill has gone through both the House and the Senate. It's been signed into law. It's ready to go. Yep. And then then the Build Back Better still has to go through the Senate. I'm sure they will make changes to it. It'll go back to the House, and then we'll see if it's ready for the president's desk. Yeah, so Joe Manchin will kill that because uh, it's taken away his coal money. Big question. Big question. Number three, I am trying to get you on, but <laughs> the phone line, what if I just do this? No, now he's over here. All just right, press so, buttons until we well, hear number line, three. Just, so every once in a while, the phone is a little goofy, but number three, I think, is on now. Number three, how are you doing? How are you two dudes doing? I asked you first. Oh, I'm doing good. Okay, Can't great. Playing one bit. All right. Anyway, I got a question for you. Yeah. I was out riding around today, and I went by that Econo Lodge up on the north side, where we shipped about a hundred homeless people. Yeah, I think we drove them there, but yep. Okay. Well, anyway, there's a sign in front of the building: "Help Wanted." <laughs> uh, yeah, ironic, I guess. Now, wouldn't you think if there's 100 people staying there, or over 100 people, somebody would apply for a job? Uh, you're, you're insinuating that nope, everybody there doesn't have a job. You're insinuating that homeless people don't I'm work. I'm not saying that. You're right. I got I'm just you. saying if there's 100 people up there and there's help wanted sign, I should think it's kind of funny the job hasn't been filled yet. Well, what do they pay? we got to do some investigating because, you know. Well, I, here's what i done. I called the Econo Lodge. Yeah. They told me on a recording that they're booked, taking oh, okay. care of their gifts, and have no openings. No openings. The recording. I wanted to see what kind of job it was. Yeah, definitely. No vacancy. So maybe, I'll, uh, well, I don't need you to go down there, but um, yeah, I mean, there there is this thing where you could say you're hiring and then the job's eight bucks an hour for cleaning hotel rooms. Well, I, I suppose... Well, that ain't so bad. Eight dollars is better than nothing, Rick. Eight dollars for cleaning hotel rooms is great when you're in in nineteen fifty. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I just figured seeing they're living there for nothing. What was what was minimum wage? Meals at eight dollars would be like a kiss from heaven. How old were you when you had your first job? How old was I? Had I was seven years old when oh. I worked in the hatchery at Swift and Company. Oh my God! <laughs> was it an official job though? I was the only one in the history of the Swift and Company that got paid for working at that age. All right. Well, what was minimum wage when you were 18? Do you know? Minimum wage when I was 18, I suppose, was train companies paying about $1.20 an hour. $1.20 an hour. Okay. Minimum. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's good to know. It's just kind of, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. No. I've been married that long. Oh, unfortunately. For the same woman, too. I know. How does that... <laughs> How's that working out? Is she giving you permission to go over to the Econo Lodge and apply for a job? Well, I wanted to go inside today, but she said I better not to make a fool out of myself. Yeah, Because I'm too old. Nobody would hire me anymore. I'm pushing 80. Yeah, I hear you. Well, thanks okay. for the... Well, I just thought maybe the professor would know. Every once in a while, I like to talk to somebody smarter than me, and I thought maybe he was. So. Well, he... he I, I don't know. He, I, he would never say he's smarter than you. Also, I never say that. And also, 
how are we going to we got to politicize the homeless issue this is like if we're going to talk to you in a political science manner the homeless issue like it, it, it would it would be something on a grander stage here but i i guess i mean uh, you know, he does make a kind of funny, ir- ironic joke there, but that's insinuating. And he didn't, he said he didn't insinuate that, but he's a little bit, that's kind of what insinuating means. You say it without saying it. I think that we have a tendency to try to look for simple solutions to complicated problems. And that's my overall take when it comes to the homelessness issue. When you look at the num, when you look at the people who are homeless, it's a million different reasons that they could be homeless. So finding solutions to a problem that is so complex, where there are so many reasons that people are homeless, it's extraordinarily difficult to find a solution to that problem. I think what the city was doing here was just saying, look, we got to do something about the Huska Park situation because it's getting really cold. And there may be no perfect solutions here, but we need to find something better than the status quo. And what was better was to move people to the Econo Lodge and then go from there. But there are no easy solutions here. And I understand what number three is saying. It's just a really, really difficult situation when you've got a lot of people living outside. It's getting cold. You want to find the perfect solution to the problem. There is no perfect solution, so you just go with something that works. Well, you got to have a solution at some point yeah. before we have bodies yeah. at Huska Park, which has happened in the past. And uh, not not just in Huska Park, but we've had homeless people die, not in the recent past here in La Crosse. I think it was in La Crosse. might have been out Alaska. Um, and you know what, like we, we, it's, it's, we, we, we often make jokes about homeless people as if they're not people in our community. And I think, you know, we're doing that a little bit, even just now, just, Hey, there's a, not really, but not really picking on their situation, but kind of in a, in a way. So, um, these are people that live in our community. These are people that are struggling to get by and they're living outside and it's freezing cold out. So we've come up with a solution that's great. Like, it's pretty awesome that actually the city has done something to get these people in, inside. And you know what? They got all winter now with a, a, a bed, a shower, and, and maybe they can fi- figure it out a little bit as they have, quote unquote, a home for a while. And they got all winter. Maybe they figure some stuff out. Exactly. The hope would be that this better situation, right? And I think that in politics, we often want to find a perfect solution to the problem, but really what we might want to strive for is just something that is better than the current situation. And no doubt that the Econolodge is better than the current situation or the situation in Huska Park. And Rick, like you're saying, maybe this can be the basis for some of these individuals to find even better situations. Think about the mental illness that's at play here. Think about the domestic violence that's at play here. So this could be an opportunity to resolve some of those deeper issues or address some of those deeper issues issues that are enormously complicated, enormously difficult to deal with, and will require a fair bit of time and investment to seriously confront. So I think that people cannot expect for any problem like this to be resolved overnight. It's going to be a long-term slog, and I think we just have to sort of buckle up and commit to this for the long term. And admit to ourselves that there's no problem that is that there is no solution for this that's going to resolve the homeless problem by next week yeah 
Hey, thanks, number three, for calling and uh, reeling us in. Because we were out there in in, in the House of Representatives <laughs> land and Paul Gosar. And I don't often like to do that. On Friday, I like to do that because you're kind of in tune to some of that stuff that we don't often understand. Uh, but we might we might reel back. We might go back to the social infrastructure bill because I'm kind of interested in that. And, uh, you know, me and Tim, UW Lacrosse, political science professor, dueling uh, with you yesterday talked about just in general, like voter turnout stuff. I might I might want to talk about that as well. And maybe maybe Robin Voss. We'll see. Robin uh-huh. Voss is, uh, you know, as long as we can keep he's it always in the, in the news. Robin Voss, man. Um, all right. Scott's comment coming up. Tregoski's favorite Scott's comment. You can read it. WisdomNews.com too under uh, blogs. And then I think I'm still doing the news. Not you two. <laughs> Little this? mislabeling in the in this. <laughs> this isn't the worst song. I guess we're going funky town. Uh, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. The show between the show, man. You guys are missing out. If y'all, if there was, if we had an audience, you know, if we did the show at where would we do the show? If you could pick. If you could pick like a restaurant or a store, or what, what would you do? Oh, that's a good question. We were at, Hayes was at Fanati's uh, yep. this morning, so yep. you know, should we do the show at Fanati's? Because absolutely, we, we wouldn't get anything accomplished. We'd no, we'd be talking like this. I, 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 th- then again, you haven't opened the the, the River Rocks. <laughs> I've never had River Rocks. I was like, I want to eat a River Rock. <laughs> I I'm, I understand that double stuffed chocolate covered Oreos from Fanati's are going to the Bree Monster. Oh, that's what we're calling well. It. Until she gets half like, of them for me, and oh, you're getting half. You think I, that? I, I, I'm gonna go for half here. We, okay. We've got, we've got six. I think I can do two or three. If you had a whole, if you had just the regular, not regular. I go double stuff when I get Oreos. If you just had it and you're alone and it's the weekend, and let's say Brianna's These are gone, double stuffed. Yeah, and Brianna's yeah. gone for the weekend, and there's just the brand new, but what is it called? A box of Oreos? What do we call that thing? Oh, like a, a, package, a package of Oreos. I there could, we go. Uh, just annihilate a package. Could of you do doubles? the whole thing? Oh, absolutely. Like a, when do you start feeling guilty? Half a row? Or a whole row? A whole row. Or you have yep. to do milk or no milk? No milk. No milk? No. What are you, insane? <laughs> Unbelievable. You're eating dry Oreos? Are you twisting them off at least? Yes. You're twisting them. Okay. <laughs> no milk. I got to I got to do milk. But I mean, half a row, I'm starting. Double stuff, half a row, I'm starting. If, if it's regular stuffed, whatever you want to call it, regular Oreos, no, half a row either way. I'm starting to feel okay. guilty. Yep. But uh, serving size on uh, Oreos is probably like three cookies. They're just complete oh, yeah. BS. Yeah. The serving size on Oreos should be a row. Row of Oreos, 75,000 calories. I think that's probably a legit. These junk food companies make completely unrealistic serving sizes. Like Cheez Its will be eight S- Cheez Its. This okay, so I drink these these uh energy drinks once in a while, once in a while. One a day, it's my rule. Yeah. Like, I, I feel I will not do more than one a day. But uh there used to be a half a can. The the, the <laughs> serving size on a sixteen ounce. Because eight ounces is like for some reason eight ounces is supposed to be like because on on a on a gallon of milk the, the, the serving size is eight ounces. Nobody's drinking eight ounces of anything. No. You, I mean, it, especially if it's a can, you can't even reseal it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, on yeah. a can, a 16-ounce can, half a can. Well, go bleep yourself, yeah. half a can. Come on. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with the can? Like, it's just going to be all flat when I go. go am I sharing it? I pour out <laughs> half and give some, half to someone else? Because even, like, I mean, I don't drink coffee. So are you eight-ouncing coffee or are people just mow, mowing down coffee? I think. Eight ounces for coffee. Come on. Eight ounces is a drink, right? Like one sip of coffee. Like if it's cold coffee, I guess it'd be tough to 
down some hot Maybe coffee. like eight ounces times three or four each morning. <laughs> yeah. I feel like eight ounces is like, I, I'm, if I'm taking a pretty good gulp, it's it's going to be eight ounces. That's me, that's me, though. I'm a pig. I think the serious coffee drinkers will mock and ridicule the idea of eight ounces. I, th- ah, I can't think of the comic. He does a whole bit on serving. It might be Gaffigan. It might be Brian Regan. There's a whole, it's probably Gaffigan. It's food related. Brad Williams, get Jim Gaffigan last week in Rochester. Um, but the the serving size of ice cream is like half a scoop or something like that, you know. And yeah, it's Brian. Now I think about it, it's Brian Regan because he's like half. A, oh, I'm so full. I ate all. I ate a whole serving of ice cream. Oh yeah, how much is that? Half a scoop. You know, like. I mean, yeah. You know what I appreciate is when I you go somewhere to get ice cream, go to get a scoop of ice cream, and you you order, and then like the the first scoop is like four dollars, and then in a cone, and then the second scoop is like two bucks, but you just like, if, for whatever reason, you're poor and you're like, ah, too, I can, no, I can buy a whole gallon for $6, right? I'm just going to go one scoop. But the person doing the scoops just, no, you're going to get, you're going to get two anyway. Like, you're good. Your one scoop's going to be gigantic. And I, I really appreciate that when people do that. Those are the true heroes. <laughs> oh, sorry, the, the, through a pandemic, dishing out ice cream uh, and giving you two scoops worth when you're only paying for one. Uh, I won't name names, though. I'm not going to name places or no. names because we don't. Got to keep that under the radar. So if if it's not Fanatis that we could do the road show, because we got to be, it's got to be less distracting. Well, I mean, the, the Pearl then. The Pearl, but what about the uh, the the buffet on the north side that we're always talking the about? The North to? Country Steak Buffet. That would be an interesting road show to do too. It'd be a weird atmosphere to do it at a buffet because we you'd be gone for a couple minutes getting more food. We do we like, do the abandoned Burger King with Northside Kent. Yeah, Northside Kent, the 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 abandoned um, out of the mayor's the north side of the the mayor's office on the north side, Kent. Um, all right, what were we talking about? I forgot. Totally forgot. The candy got me. Um, oh yeah, we were talking over the break. I, that's how this started. The break. Um, so Hayes brought this up, marijuana, because marijuana legislation is going through the state right now. The city already did kind of what the state is talking about, so that's irrelevant. But also, uh, Republicans in the House, a South Carolina Republican, has issued uh, issued some legislation, I don't even know how you say it, uh, to federally decriminalize marijuana. Man, are Republicans, Republicans thinking, while Republicans are trying to... Um, uh, Motivate voters by going after parents because their kids are in jeopardy from school boards, whatever. I don't know how, you know, it's a, it's far fetched, but it's a strategy. If we can get parents outraged that their kids are indoctrinated or something like that with critical race theory, like the, but if Republicans are going to go after marijuana, if they're going to start winning the marijuana issue, because what do they care? Like just legalize it. They clearly like most of the nation doesn't care about, and so not. And this bill isn't to legalize it; it's to decriminalize it. Now, about a half dozen Republicans have signed into the House onto this bill. It doesn't say anything about Democrats yet. If a lot, like, would Nancy Pelosi just shut it down? No, you don't get to vote on this. I think the Democrats are more and more figuring out what was obvious for a long time: that marijuana legalization is a winning issue that the public opinion has shifted massively in favor of marijuana legalization over the last 15 to 20 years. But you're saying Democrats. Democrats, I think, are realizing that, and I think you have a few Republicans realizing that, too. The point, though, Rick, is that the politicians have been way behind the public on this. I mean, public opinion has shifted way more in favor 
at a much faster rate than the politicians have changed their views on this. I'm just thinking of this now, and I'm probably a little off, but my parents lived through the 70s, where I believe they probably smoked a lot of weed, right? Maybe 60s? 60s, right? It's probably the like the... Oh, I'm just going to forget the concert in New York with the mud and the Woodstock. Woodstock, because we do it here every summer. Yeah. Like Woodstock, whatever, um, at the Riverside Park. I feel like they probably were smoking some weed at Woodstock. And those people all grew up and they're they're like they're the prime voting people. Right. Like a lot of the older generation is are the voters. So, OK, if we if we allow them to smoke weed, <laughs> probably they'd probably be more likely to vote for us because they're the ones that turn out to vote also. And then you go, you trickle down to everybody below everybody. I, I don't know who who is against just de- a decriminalizing weed and b just legalizing it because I don't think anyone cares all that much anymore. I, I think the opposition to legalizing marijuana has declined in number and declined in intensity as well. So I think there are fewer opponents of marijuana legalization, and I also don't think they just care as much. Why are politicians behind that? They lived through the 60s and 70s, too. They probably all smoked weed. Did they just get to munchies and eat too many Oreos? (laughs) It's, It's beyond me, Rick, because the polling on this issue is crystal clear. And usually Usually politicians are very attuned to what the polls are saying. After all, they want to get reelected. Do we go to uh, uh, marijuana helps alleviate some uh, issues that people have medically and therefore that would take the pharmaceutical companies out of it and the pharmaceutical companies are are, uh, paying for my campaigns? Oh, you want to? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that could be the only explanation for why there aren't broader medical marijuana laws in this country because if you think recreational marijuana is popular which it is medical marijuana is a slam dunk in the court of public opinion there's barely any opposition to medical marijuana that has become enormously popular over the last several years we don't even talk about it as a wisconsin state like legalizing medical marijuana i brought it up we brought it up during the debates. We did. A little bit. Brad Paff and Dan Capaghi. I talked to Brad Paff after the fact, and he, he was against it. He was like, I would think about medical marijuana, but but he was against legalizing marijuana in general. Um, but but again, like just look around. And also, go, go to Colorado, Washington. Uh, there's so many states that have legalized uh, recreational Every state around us, except Iowa, I believe, at least medically, but Illinois and Michigan have legalized uh, uh, recreational marijuana. Politicians have just been weirdly cautious about this issue, maybe thinking that there's going to be some blowback, some negative reaction to this, that there just hasn't. There just hasn't been such a thing in these other states, Rick, like you mentioned, in in Colorado or Oregon or elsewhere. There just hasn't been a massive blowback. There hasn't been a massive negative reaction. So I'm not sure why politicians are being so cautious about this. If they have a principled opposition to it, I can understand that. But if you're just following public opinion, it's totally obvious that you should be on the side of legalizing marijuana if you're just going to go with the public will, which theoretically we should do in a representative democracy. We should go along with what the public wants. We should follow public opinion and make policies that are consistent with public opinion. And the government has dropped the ball on that when it comes to marijuana. When when a, a Republican in South Carolina and a half a dozen of their cohorts sign on to decriminalizing marijuana in the House, 
and it's starting to to do that in the Wisconsin legislature. Right. But it might never. It's it's an issue that's popular, therefore it gets headlines. But there are a lot of issues that are unpopular that they're they're like a Jill Billings is working on a on a bill all the time every year every session to to make it so uh, children who are arrested for prostitution cannot go cannot be arrested for prostitution because you're children and if you're arrested for prostitution that means somebody paid you for sex well that's called rape because you can't have sex with a minor. Therefore, Jill Billings is trying to get rid of the fact that you're you're crimi- decriminalizing prostitution for children because that can't happen. But that never gets any attention, and it never sees a vote. I mean, how many of these bills are out there that are you know relatively a just common sense bills, but just don't get to the floor? We don't even debate them. There's a real lack of debate in the Wisconsin state legislature. We've talked about this a lot, Rick. They do not meet frequently. They do not take a lot of votes. Full-time legislature, too. Minnesota's like a It's supposed to be a full-time. And I've been beating this drum for a while. If Wisconsin is going to continue to act like a part-time legislature, then it should just make itself a part-time legislature. Cut your pay, cut your staff, cut your resources, and act like the part-time legislature that you seem to be. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be able to have a job and also be a legislator, right? Like, that's because I feel like your job as a legislator... Like, it would be funny if Mitch Reynolds, the mayor right now, also still did this show and was the news director here, which would be a conflict of interest. But I'm just saying he worked about 55 hours here, and I'm guessing he's working like 80 hours as the mayor. I feel like our legislators should be working 80 hours as legislators. They're they're not – well, their salaries are like 60 grand, something like that. Right around that. and so Not the the greatest salaries, though. No. The idea is that – you can do this as a full-time job. That is the logic of a full-time legislature. And there are real benefits to that. I mean, there are benefits to both systems, the part-time system, the more citizen legislature approach versus the full-time legislature, the more professionalized approach. There are pros and cons to both. But if you're going to be a full-time legislature, act like it. And it's been enormously frustrating to see the Wisconsin state legislature not act like a full-time legislature. Just Stop pretending you're a full-time legislature then if you're not going to act like it. I made this joke with Steve Doyle a while ago because we did literally go eight months during a pandemic with our legislature never even debating a bill in session. They gaveled in and out of a couple of bills uh, without debate, and like uh, special sessions, right, by right. Governor Evers. So they just stick it to the governor. But, hey, you could have debated those things. Um, I made a joke to Doyle that, hey, maybe we should have them write their hours down. I mean, they don't have to necessarily work, quote unquote, a 40 hour work week. But let's let's get your hours down so that we can see how many hours you are working. And, you know, when you're when when legislators go home for, you know, what are they out of session? But, you know, Ron Kynes always says this. I'm out of I'm not, we're not in session in Washington. That's because I'm back home talking to the people here. Right. Well, like, well, let's see your let's let's write your hours down when you're you're not in D.C. Then. And what do we want from legislators in terms of how much time they spend in Madison or D.C. versus how much time they spend in their district? Yeah. Well, like, what, what are your office hours and how many yeah. people are you seeing? And, you know, right. like, it'd be it'd be funny. Um, all right. When we come back, Brianna Chagoski's cravings for the week. <laughs> we're going to get into that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. Yes, yes, I know you're hungry. Ah, 
Here comes dinner. <laughs> Welcome to the Brianna Tregoski segment of Lacrosse Talk PM. We haven't brought Brianna. We will do that at some point and talk about. You she know, did be- message me and said that I can have three of the Oreos. Nice. That's yeah, clutch. We'll see these, though. I mean, how often do these uh, pregnancy cravings change? Well, first of all, Rick, I will say you, you were asking this morning about the go-to item at Fanati's. This is it, Rick. Right <laughs> yeah. here. This is it. I the, was surprised that Fanati's didn't. You know, the the lady there wasn't like, boom. These are the things you get at Fanati's. But I the mean, covered that- chocolate covered double stuffed Oreos are the item there to get. In uh, my humble opinion, that's your opinion, right? Yeah. Um, all right, so la- the 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 terrible the terrible segment that we've had so far about Brianna Dragoski's <laughs> four months into a pregnancy cravings as she likes um, vegetable trays, which is we all like. If I have a vegetable tray, I'm a I like it. Like, I, I, but I, do I, you crave? But I don't it. crave it, yeah. and I would never go and get it. Also, I'm never buying a vegetable tray because they're just. Pretty ridiculously, pretty ridiculously priced for something uh, for somebody cutting up some celery and carrots. You for can me. imagine these uh, these grocery stores make a good profit on those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes tons of sense because also, like, then you just put it on the table at whatever party. Especially now, the vegetable trays are probably flying off the shelves over the next week. Yeah, if you're super lazy like me and don't want to cut up the vegetables and don't want to arrange them, just buy the thing from the grocery store. Yeah, definitely. And then there's always like, oh, you get carrots celery cauliflower and broccoli are kind of questionable but then there's always that one extra you know that one the brussels sprouts what are those doing there how would you eat the one item that no one wants yeah rob rob brussels sprouts that all the other items are gone except for that one which is weird it's weird when it's an onion yeah (laughs) (laughs) on a vegetable tray that's always a weird one um all right so has she had any I feel like we're talking behind her back, but that's okay. Like she well, obviously she's, she's listening right now because she's messaging me. Yeah, she's so any just super weird cravings yet? No, nothing weird, but I do have two. Um, there were so Quick Trip has these really good cups of edible cookie dough, and she really likes the peanut butter cookie dough. She really wanted that, so I used that as an opportunity to get. Me, the chocolate chip version of yeah, you're, the you're edible using now. Dough. You're using now this to your advantage, as you should. Absolutely, being the father, you're in this together. Everything she does, you can do too. I mean, I'll I'll put on thirty pounds during her pregnancy just to be part of the process. Also, very clutch that uh, <laughs> a that Quick Trip has just edible cookie dough. Isn't it that clutch? Have, yeah, kind of. Every, you're like, you can go to Quick Trip and and you know I need batteries for my remote and my car i don't know if they have car batteries actually i need beer uh, and I, I need cookie dough i need beer motor oil and cookie dough and washer fluid and a toothbrush and a toothbrush because <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna need the toothbrush after the cookie dough but um yeah that's that's always interesting because if she wanted the edible cookie dough at papa murphy's pizza they're, yep. they're gonna be closed you're not gonna be able to get that yep um all right so that does it we how are we going to do this? Because if you're on here next Friday, that'll be after the fact for Thanksgiving. Do I have to randomly call you one day to do our uh, Thanksgiving Day food episode? Well, we talked in great detail about pistachio fluff, so I don't know. Are, like, are the listeners ready for more pistachio fluff talk? Well, I'm going to line up guests every day next week. Maybe I'll get all the candidates. Because you all... asked Ron Kind and Hayes about that last year. Yeah, I had Hayes on, yeah. too. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for, for listening. Have a good weekend.